So hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of CCA on the Air. I am Nicholas Stewart, Assistant Vice President for Institutional Transformation at Complete College America. And today I am really excited to have uh, colleagues from Denmark Tech College uh, in South Carolina, as well as from U Science, who will talk a little bit more around their uh, very exciting uh, work around pathways and student success and how do we help them with um, their careers moving beyond the, uh, the degree. So I'm glad, again, let's jump right in. If you don't mind, I will let my, uh, my incredible guests introduce themselves. If you don't mind, Dr. Miles, should we, should we get started with you? Yes, sir, and I'm gonna start out by clapping because we have Denmark Technical College at the table, so I'm excited <laughs> about being here today. And so first of all, I just wanna say thank you, Mr. Hewitt, for taking the opportunity to recognize and observe some of the work that we've been doing over the last four years here at this institution. And so it is an honor and a privilege to be at the table and to be able to converse about the work of student success. And it's a powerful experience when you can see the level of impact and be able to make transformation happen at your institution. But I'm gonna follow directions well, as you told me, and I'm gonna introduce myself. My name is A. Clifton Miles. I'm the Executive Vice President at Denmark Technical College, and I serve over administration and innovation for the institution. And I serve in the capacity of Chief Strategy Officer. And just to share a little bit with you about Denmark Technical College, we were founded in 1947 by law in the state that we needed to provide an avenue for those African-Americans coming home from the war. So our institution was founded as the South Carolina Area Trade School for Negroes. And so as we evolved over the years, Denmark Technical College has become an accredited institution. And now we are officially Denmark Technical College and has been in that existence since the 60s um, with the name Denmark Technical College. Um, our institution is a two-year HBCU uh, technical institution, even though we're participating in a program for predominantly Black community colleges. We are, in fact, a technical uh, technical college, and there's some slight differences, but most of the people kind of group us into a group together. But what is great is that we have a magnificent experience at Denmark Technical College. Out of our 16 out of the 15 plus us, which makes us 16 technical colleges in the state of South Carolina, we're the only historically black technical two-year institution in the state of South Carolina. And there are only two state historically black colleges in the state out of the eight historically black colleges and universities in the state of South Carolina. So we are the only, we're one of the two state public institutions. With that, we've been given the charge to be transformational in a rural community. We serve three of the poorest counties in the state of South Carolina. That's Bamberg, Allendale, and Bonwell. And because we serve the poorest counties, that means we have to, in fact, be more transformational. We have to come up with ways to build partnerships that can help transform the experiences and create generational wealth for our students. And we have an awesome opportunity here at Denmark Tech to do that. And the passion we have around that work is about what we're gonna talk about today, which is the Panther Pathway Project that we lifted here four years ago from a study that we did with faculty, staff, and students, and we landed on this particular pathway as a vehicle to make change happen at our institution. 
Thank you. Uh, thank you. Yes. Uh, and, and very excited about, I mean, again, th there's a reason why, you know, I, I'm excited to to have you guys uh, uh, on this podcast and for folks to, to hear what you're about to say. Uh, Ms. Holman Brooks, I, I know that, you know, you're very much involved in this. So I, I'll let you uh, introduce yourself uh, next, if you don't mind. Not a problem. Good morning, everyone. My name is Leslie Holman Brooks. I'm the Executive Director for the Division of Career and Student Success here at the wonderful Denmark Technical College. And within my role, uh, I serve in the capacity of ensuring that all of our students are successful from registration to seven years post-graduation. And within my role, I make sure that all students receive the services and support that they need uh, to make sure that they are on the right track and that they have a guided, clear pathway to success. And so we're really excited about sharing the information that we do here at Denmark Technical College in hopes that other institutions can adopt some of our services and support that we provide to our students. Looking forward to, to hear more about that. And, and we're also joined uh, with a colleague from U-Science. Uh, Mr. Barton, do you mind sharing your, you know, uh, a few words about you and, and your, your organization? Yeah, I think I uh, thank you for having us today. I'm super excited to be here with the folks from Denmark Technical College. They are doing tremendous, tremendous work, and I, I couldn't be more excited about what they're doing and being a, a small part of that. Um, I'm the founder of U Science and uh, have been in education technology for my entire career with really a focus around one thing, which is how to help individuals identify their most and their their true selves and guide their their educational career to that true self. Um, and the reason why I've made that really my focus is uh, all sorts of studies have pointed to if we can help an individual identify truly who they are and guide them towards careers that meet who they are, they flourish and they do better in every aspect of their life, not just academically. And that's really transformational for students across the board. And as uh, Dr. Miles noted, in some of the poorest areas of, this, of a state or of a region, that transformation needs to happen in even greater capacities. And so I love being a part of this work and, and, and love the fact that all of our work is culminating here and, and helping in this regard. Thank you. And I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, this to me, this is purpose first. So how do we help students make informed decisions? And a lot of cases, it's exactly about first, you shouldn't just know about the majors and potential careers are available, which is key. But also, let's start with you. Like, what are you interested in? Who are you? What are your, you know, what's your, what's your passion? What is your why? And, and things like that. So very excited to, to hear a little bit more about how that connects with the, uh, the pathways at uh, the Panther Pathways at the Mark Tech. So let, let's get started. Uh, Dr. Miles or, or Ms. Holman Brooks, do you mind sharing a little bit more? What does Panther Pathways look like at Denmark Tech? Um, and how does it really support the entire student? Again, not just the academic, uh, you know, but what, what is what would a student attending Denmark Tech experience through Panther Pathways? I'm going to give you a little history and then I'm going to turn it over to Ms. Holman Brooks, who is the architect of this work here. Um, first, I want to share with you, I had an awesome opportunity in 2019 to be a consultant 
to Denmark Technical College. I was not on staff with the institution. I came in actually to, to have a conversation around the needs of the institution because, you know, in 2018, the institution was up for closure with the legislators uh, in our community had voted, the House of Representatives had voted to close Denmark Technical College. And luckily, the Senate had decided to ensure that we stay a viable institution. So right after that aftermath, I, the new administration came in. I followed my supervisor from a school in Texas, and he was hired as the vice president of uh, academic affairs and student affairs, which was great because he has that background in both areas as an administrator. And he recruited me to come Come and do a session with the faculty and the staff. And in that session, we used a protocol called the Affinity Mapping Protocol, where we just basically had real-world conversations with our faculty and staff around the issues that were prevalent, because people were really upset about the transition and the things that were happening to the colleges, all of, uh, to the college, and all of the SACS issues that SACS COC issues that was happening uh, with the college at that time. And we needed some type of intervention but the intervention had to happen with the people at the helm. And so we had a conversation, we used the affinity mapping protocol. And out of that protocol, we were able to get in that one day meeting, all of the issues that the, the, the stakeholders at the institution felt were, was paramount for transformation. And so and behold, one of those entities was what we have developed today. It probably didn't start out being called Panther Pathways, but the issue that the Falcon and the staff brought forth was that they didn't feel that we were providing the services that we needed to provide for students with onboarding, with uh, wraparound services, and with student success approaches that would yield them the level of success that we wanted them to have. And so from that, we created conceptual framework teams. We had five other conceptual framework teams out of this project, and this was one. And then we assigned everyone at the institution to be a part of that conceptual, one of those conceptual framework teams. And guess what? Ms. Holman Brooks during that stage was the one to be assigned as the chair for the project that the faculty and staff came up with that led to what we're talking about today, which is Panther Pathway. And so she has been leading this work for the last four years. In concert, we've been working through our president, Dr. Willie L. Todd Jr., who led us to this work as the vice president at that time. But then six months later, he became the president of the college. So we continued the journey and the work that we were doing in academic affairs and student affairs right on and became the institutional journey. So I turn it over to Ms. Holman Brooks as a person who was here before this administration came and then joined the administration and began to work through a project that the faculty and staff felt was needed to be transformation for transformational for our institution. Thank you so much, Dr. Miles. And in that work, we were able to find that our students were having issues with either withdrawing from the institution, stopping out from the institution, or just not graduating on time. And so what we did as a faculty and staff, we collaborated to identify some of those areas and support that our students needed in order for us to really change the trajectory of where our students were going, as well as where the institution was going. And so with Panther Pathways, it initially started out as Guided Pathways. And so we morphed into Panther Pathways, and we actually identified some support and the wraparound services that were able to help our students from 
registration all the way up until post-graduation. And some of those uh, areas, we focus on three pillars of success, and that's our career pathways, our guided pathways, and perpetual pathways. And with that, we wanted to make sure Dr. Mao uh, presented the youth science to us, and we pretty much embedded youth science throughout the curriculum here at the institution. All of our students are required to take the youth science within the first week of enrolling at the institution. We did do a pilot this semester during the summer uh, where we allowed our students to actually take the youth science during the summer. And uh, we were able to work with them on identifying their innate skill sets, as well as those program majors that were aligned with what youth science uh, guided them towards uh, based on their skills. Um, a lot of our students really needed that information. Uh, a lot of our faculty and staff have also taken youth science as well. And what it did was it helped us be able to guide the students and help them identify the different areas within the field of study. I know I, I didn't have an assessment whenever I was coming through high school and college. And I think a lot of this, we have to also look back at where we were and be that light to the students uh, who didn't who don't have it. And so helping them understand understand, you know, their skill set and what they can do and what some items that they need to actually work on. Utilizing youth science helped us. It helped us, you know, map out where our students were going and how successful they can be within certain fields of study. Um, with the youth science, we actually allow them to, um, in our college skills class, we have an implementation process. And with that, it helps the students understand, you know, youth science is just not a one-time assessment. You take it and then you, you're done with it. It actually follows the students. Um, and the students also have to present information that helps them understand more about themselves after they take the youth science. Um, it's, it's, it's really integral. We, we really focus on making sure our students also receive those core wraparound services that help support them. Uh, we try to eliminate all barriers that our students are faced with. Uh, understandably, we are in a rural community. There are very limited resources. And so Denmark Technical College has to be that, that sound sounding board for them and that foundation for our students. Um, and so with the Panther Pathways, we offer Advising, we have a one plus one advising model that help our students uh, matriculate. Uh, in addition, we work with faculty and staff to help them understand the importance of being engaged and involved in the students' you know, life as they are enrolled at Denmark Technical College. And we just really want to make sure that they get the support and the services that they need through the resources that we provide. What, one thing I, uh, well, a couple of things actually I, I really like is that, you know, what, Dr. Miles, you, you mentioned that you had, uh, you know, definitely brought in the faculty and the staff to hear what they were saying, involve them from the get-go to really help them decide. So I think that is so key, right? I mean, this was not a decision from the top, like this is what it is. It was really an organic and holistic approach to student support and student success that really incorporated everybody's voices. And Ms. Holman Brooks, one, one thing I really like that you said, well, a couple of things. Uh, one, you said you're requiring students to do this, you know, to do to to go through youth science. And I think it's so key because students do not do optional. We sh we do not do optional. So why why we should expect our, our students to do this? And if we know it works, uh, let's make sure that every single student who actually you know can can benefit from this uh, from this resource actually use it, especially when we know that the students who are more likely to need these resources are tend to be less likely to use the resources that, that we make available. So I, I love the 
the uh, the requirement, if you will, even though it's it's not always a, a, a good word, but that you actively engage students. And as you said, that you know, with you science, you it's a continued relationship. It's not a one and done, but that you're really incorporating into the entire student experience, not just at the beginning. Thank you very much. We'll take it from here, and then you go. That it's a, a continued uh, relationship with with you science. Uh, so I was wondering if you could talk maybe a little bit more about like how how does this work? You know, like from a from a faculty perspective, for example, or or staff. Like, what information are they getting from you science? Where and, and Miss Holman books, I wanted to kind of give some foundational pieces so that they can understand that this wasn't easy work. That this was some yeah. challenge very difficult work. Uh, yeah. But I want to show them how to get there. And then, of course, you can lead them to the work. Now, when we collected that data, we didn't just have the meeting with the faculty and the staff. All of the data that came from the protocol was collected and reviewed, and each conceptual framework team had to use that data as their foundational baseline to begin to launch them to the work that they did. So Ms. Brooks, had to work for an entire year to develop how her conceptual framework team would launch this and make this institutionalized in the institution. Our then vice president of student affairs and academic affairs, Dr. Willie L. Todd, had to do listening tours with every department, every division, every student organization, all students from different groups, from Hispanic students to African-American students to really get their viewpoint. And all of that data was captured to really get an understanding of what are the real issues so that we could begin addressing those issues. So in her work for the entire year with a committee of faculty, staff, and students across the entire campus, she was able to come up with a process or we were able to come up with a process that we felt would impact students. And then I want to give the foundation of the why behind new science. One of the things that was important for us was that we wanted to be intentional about what we do for students. We didn't want it to be happenstance. We wanted to get students to their path faster, and we wanted to make sure that they had the knowledge to have the power to be able to be transformational. And so all of the work that we've been doing is around how do we equip the students with the knowledge they need in order to be competitive with whatever they want to do in the world. But we recognized one thing. We can't help students if they don't know who they are. So we had to put a piece in there where we had to develop the identity, and we call it identity formation. The work that we have to do, the tangible, intentional, specific, day-to-day -day work that we have to do to ensure that every student finds out what is their fundamental purpose in the world and how can they take their gifts and be transformational. So now we get to the nuts and bolts and Ms. Ms. Holman Brooks is very modest. The work that she had to do, I pushed her outside of her comfort zone, but she had a background that was phenomenally suited to do this kind of work. And we worked diligently through conversations, through coaching experiences, through work with faculty and staff, through denials when the faculty didn't want to do a project piece that we wanted to do and they denied us the opportunity to do it. We still fought the battle to be able to make a difference for our students. So I just wanted to lay that foundational piece so that you will understand how she got to where she is today. And that was four years ago. That's correct. That's correct. 
Thank you, so Dr. How, how, <laughs> well, you know, and it's nice to hear. I mean, again, like you know, we're so busy doing the work that we, we unfortunately don't always have the time to just take a step back, reflect and just like, wow, we've moved mountains uh, in some cases, like an entire institution, which is no mean feat. Uh, I think a lot of folks who listen to this will probably like, you know, shake their head like, oh, yeah, that, that is not an easy thing. So it, it's nice to obviously in a public way, uh, acknowledge the, the, the hard work that the folks are, you know, have been doing and everything that uh, has yielded, you know, um, or, or gotten to the, the, this point here. So how, that, let's go back a little bit more to like the, the, the current pathways work, like from, an, from a student perspective and also from a, has it worked with um, staff and, and, and faculty? Like where, and I love Dr. Miles mentioned the intentionality of it. And this is really what, what excites me about this is that, like you said, it's not haphazard. It's it's on purpose. You know, I mean, it's very much like we know how we can best support our students, and we've used a tool that really will help us help them mm-hmm. uh, forward. So, how does it all work uh, together with with you, science, and and uh, the folks at at Denmark Tech? So, uh, of course, as Dr. Miles stated, we had to have buy-in from not only the faculty and staff, but also the students. And the way this works is we have a Panther methodology with our one plus one advising model. And so with that, our students that are enrolled in two-year programs, degree programs, they're advised by their academic champion in the first semester, and then they're mentored by, well, in the first year, and then they're mentored by their academic dean and faculty within their prospective program area. And so it's a collaboration between not just academic champions who will serve as our academic coaches, as, as, you, as if you will, um, to help our students be able to navigate the landscape of, of their coursework for the next two years. And so when they come in the first semester, of course, you science comes in. Uh, we basically allow the students that we they have to take the assessment. We review the assessment with the students and make sure they understand, you know, every aspect of the youth science. In addition, we have meta major meetings. And with those meta major meetings, we involve the faculty. Uh, we focus on, you know, everything from the advising piece to financial literacy to uh, how to withdraw, how to read your curriculum display. Uh, everyone is involved. So the students can see a unified force. They're not looking at just the academic academic champions, but we want to make sure that they have a relationship with the individuals that are in their academic programs early on in their semester. Because as you know, some students don't get to meet their dean or either their additional faculty until probably, you know, after the second semester, you know, depending on what program they're in. But the way it works is our faculty are aware of youth science and how it's, it's involved into our curriculum. Uh, We have the freshman course, which is called the college skills. We embed youth science in that course. Um, And then our students are have the remainder of the semester to work out youth science and understand it. We delve into it, we dissect it. uh, And then we involve the faculty as well. Once the students are finished with us for the first year, we then transition them over to their academic dean and their academic dean assigns them an academic advisor. They receive the entire folder on that student that encompasses the youth science and additional assessments that they've taken. Because we find that it's important that the faculty know 
the type of student that sits before them. Our president liked to say we have to teach the students we have before us, not to teach the students that we want. And so it's important that our faculty understand the type of students that we have uh, enrolled at, at Denmark Technical College. We want to know how they learn, whether or not there are any deficiencies or barriers that we need to address with the students. And so we, again, faculty are, are really involved and engaged in the process with our students throughout their time at Denmark Technical College. Things been going is that what was very important as we were doing this work, not only was it important for us to be able to develop how we would institutionalize this, but we knew that what brings about success is building partnerships and bringing the components that were very, very important because there's a major piece to the youth science work that we talk about first was how do we partner with companies that can help us? So we were able to develop a national partnership with youth science. And that actually was through the benefit of working with Mr. Barton to be able to facilitate that in a way that we could be able to leverage what we needed to do. The, and that was paramount for us because we wanted to be on the cutting edge with what was happening in the industry. And we needed a partner to help us to connect with industry in a way that we needed to facilitate at a higher level. And so creating that national partnership or creating a partnership in your community is very, very important to help leverage your work. So we were fortunate to be able to do that. The other piece was we had the industry piece with the precision exams that came on to you science. See, I, I've been working with you science for probably 10 years now. So you science has evolved over the years and, and Ed will be able to talk about that and, and be able to, 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 to kind of tell you where they are in that process. But in the evolution, what we recognized, the, the last component that I learned a lot about was how do we really connect once they find their fundamental purpose, how do we really connect them to those particular careers in the industries that meets their aptitudes and their interests? And I don't want to take everything that he would say, but that was the work. So we needed experts in that field to help create conversations with us around that and make sure that we were on the right path in the work that we were doing. Because they could do research, they could pull data, they could look nationally, they could connect with industry, and that saved us a lot of money and a lot of time. The other piece that came about was having them become a partner so that in the work and the steps we are making, we will evolve over the years of time. So where we may have started in 2019 is truly not where we are in 2023. And so I just wanted to place that there because it was very intentional about it and having a national partner to invest in Denmark Tech to say, we want to support your journey. They helped us to create a national conversation around the work that we're doing. And then that motivated us because we felt we were making a difference in the world. And we thank them for that work. So I want to turn it over to you, Mr. Barton, to kind of give a gauge of why this work has been important to how we do what we do. I certainly thank you for that. I, I'm always humbled when I'm in the presence of, of uh, Dr. Miles and Ms. Holman Brooks. They are amazing. Um, I think the one thing that we really do in, uh, as an organization is we're aligned in our principles. And so you can see that our mission statement as a company is to empower intentional individual success. That's it. 
that's what we're focused on. And you can see the implementation of that on the Denmark Technical College level in just a dramatic and, and remarkable way. I think one of the things that I, the only thing that I can really add to this conversation so far is simply this. One of the things that we did in all of this, and, and Dr. Miles alluded to it, was bring a national scope to a local, um, a local micro uh, economy. And that's really important because uh, a lot of the conversation we've heard about how critical Ms. Holman Brooks has been in all of this and the staff in doing this and Dr. Miles and others and Dr. Todd and, and so many of the wonderful people there. What we noticed over the over the years and part of the research that I've done uh, throughout uh, educational institutions over across the country and throughout the world is that programs, really fantastic programs, live and die by the people who implement them. Yep, absolutely. And over the years, we've spent billions and billions of dollars throughout the United States on programs that end up being really fantastic. And then the people who started those programs or really love those programs, move, go away, retire, whatever happens. And the program in that area crumbles. And then it has to start all over again. And that's a real tragedy. And it happens all of the time in education. And so one of the things that we're able to do is bring this perspective of consistency, scalability, and sustainability to the work that a group is doing on the ground. And so our tools are, are able to facilitate that sustainable work. So now that all the wonderful work that Ms. Holman Brooks has done and Dr. Miles has done and, and what they've done there, as they move on, as they build these programs, hopefully those programs will be able to, to sustain themselves into the future. And so that in 2033, 2043, right, the same excellent transformational work that they're doing will continue. And, you know, they're standing on the shoulders of giants that, that came before them, but truly the work that they're doing right now is transformational and it's kind of one of those, those pivot points in history. And they're creating that pivot point and 10 years from now, 20 years from now, individuals will truly be able to stand on their shoulders and hopefully they'll have a backbone of systems in place that we're a part of that allow for that greatness to sustain itself into the future. And I think that's that's really the what we bring to the table is is some of that sustainability to the great work that they're doing. And of course, we have some really wonderful tools, and I'm happy to jump into those. But but I think more than anything, that's what's that's what we bring to the table to schools and education institutions across the country. Well, a, a couple of points here that you made. That's something that at CCA we talk about all the time, and and I couldn't agree with you more that so many great initiatives and great work that really support student success are so unfortunately individually driven. So how do we make sure we, my, my you know, expression is like, we bake it into the cake. We, we, we create institutional policies so that regardless that, you know, who, whoever was leading that, in, that initiative, that person leaves, that initiative and that, that, that support keeps on going. So I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Thank you, Dr. Miles, uh, Ms. Holman Brooks, and Mr. Barton, 
for uh, this conversation. So we're going to pause here and continue the discussion to the next episode of CCA on the Air that should air in two weeks. Uh, then we'll talk about Denmark Tech's wraparound services, their use of data, as well as their purposeful partnership with Youth Science to advance the school's mission. So look for that episode on November 28th, wherever you listen to your podcast. See you then. Thank you.